Welcome, 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 everybody. Peace. Welcome back. Episode 30. You already know. Uh, Fire This Time Podcast. My name is Sonny Teray. My key to G. And we are happy to be here. Happy to be here and uh, bringing this fire back to you. You know what I'm saying? It's been a, it's been a minute. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get the the start off to this summer how exactly how we wanted. It's Corona. Yeah, yeah. You know, just adjustments. But you know, you know, thank you for staying patient. And we're happy to be here for our milestone episode thirty. Yeah, thirty, thirty, thirty. So yeah, Aki, how you been, man? I've been high. I got skinny for a minute. I'm trying to get my weight back. Okay, okay. It's the heat. Heat make me sweat it all out. You know what I'm saying? That'll Get do some it. protein in me. That's all. That's all. But outside of that, you know, trying to stay in form, trying to stay afloat, and uh, stay living. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been rough out here in the streets in uh, Champagne. So, you know. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. How you been doing, Doc? I've been all right, Aki. You know what I'm saying? Staying in motion, like our Aki would say, man. Like, <laughs> like Twick would say, I should yeah. say for the audience. Yeah, yeah. like. Like Twick would say, you know, just uh, staying in motion, man. And just, yeah, just keeping it moving, you know. There you go. That's what's up, then. That's all we can do. Exactly. You know. Uh, you know. So, so uh, for this week, you know, we're going to start things off. We, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. We're going to get into the whole Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor controversy at ESPN. Yeah. We're going to talk about um, James Sedanus, a uh, black professional that recently passed, and the, uh, one of the uh, persons that began uh, social dominance theory uh, a competing theory to something like more uh, contemporarily known as like intersectionality so we'll talk about, about a little bit of the differences between the two and why we're, we are social dominance theorists you know and um, yeah we're also going to talk about a little bit uh, maybe about pan-Africanism and ADOS yeah and a little argument you know that's been, that's been going on for a minute so you know yeah just yeah, yeah Aki I've, I've been seeing you on Clubhouse you know <laughs> getting it in about some of them I ain't trying to get into that stuff no more man you know what I'm saying we just we need to we need to figure a way to bring it to a compromise but anyway and uh, we might uh, speak a little bit too later on about a little Something we ran across on the internet. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. just probably say that. And I don't know if we can that, even, that's I don't crazy even know if it's a name for it right now. You know, even give it a title. It's just somebody yeah. on there spitting some stuff. That, we uh, need a, a new weekly series for just dumb shit. Pretty this, much. Yeah. I would say jackass of the day, but I don't I believe nah, nothing nah, from we, somebody that's We got to come harder. We got to come harder yeah, at I, him. I mean, and y'all y'all going to see when we get there. But, you know, let's start off right now with this week's fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we already start off, you know, with some, uh, you know, some good news, but also something to make us think, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. something, something that's really popping this week. And of course, you know, in our hearts and in our minds and our lungs, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking about Shakari Richardson, um, young black uh, woman. Uh, breaking world records. Yeah, yes, breaking world records, you know, on, on the track and field scene. And uh, of course, she ran into the controversy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when you know, after really coping, after losing her mother, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, she ended up smoking, and uh, got caught with some THC in her system, and got yeah. kicked out of uh, the Olympics. Uh, now she might be able to do one of her races, but the 30-day yeah. ban, I, it seems like she's not gonna be able to participate. I think that was all set up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy, right there, man. You know, it's like one of them situations. She this week's high because she, we, she, she did something successful, and you know what I'm saying broke records and kept it in line. You know, those are the great things that you know our black women do. And then at the same time, it's like there's some hate in the game because you know it's like they hated on all that success right there. 
Yeah, and it, I mean, it's sad that some people you know, think some, it's technical, though. But you know, some racist prohibition of marijuana, you know, what I'm saying, is affecting mm-hmm. her life like this. Of course, it's not a performing enhancing nothing. At you know, what I'm saying so. That, that's just a piece of ignorance. <laughs> so we know we know that's a piece of ignorance right there. Yeah. That's just that that has survived. You know, what I'm saying. I think one thing with this Aki that's really been upsetting me and mine is just the lack of being on code. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, what I'm seeing is a lot of people just talking out of turn, giving yeah. advice out of turn to this mm-hmm. young woman yeah. that's dealing less than a month ago with the loss of her mother. You know what I'm saying? People speaking out of turn, trying to give her advice. She, Talk, it, talking about, oh, well, you shouldn't have coped that way or you should have known better. And, you know, it, it, it's just like, yo, give her space. I mean, you know, I think I think that's also coming from people who don't... They may not understand... And, and I don't even necessarily know her full background, but I don't want to say it's a black thing. Uh, but I, I, you know, being in my communities, you know what I'm saying? We cope with, sometimes we cope, sir. I know people who never touched liquor a day in their life. And the minute, you know, that loved one go, they getting drunk. I mean, it just it just strikes me like once a black person makes an honest mistake, that's embarrassing. How yeah. some black people feel it's their responsibility to reprimand them and give them personal advice on their social media but, feeds but you know that it's, they're it's, never gonna see. It's like, who yeah. are you performing for, dog? Well, I really don't even think that it's like I think our the generation ain't really even tripping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I, 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 you're right. For the most part, you right. But but, but the, the, the those people in authority and and all of those, other, you know. Hey, it's not just people in authority. I'm seeing this like, of course, this is coming just from from the black social media scene. You oh. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm seeing a lot of uh, just regular black folk that's you know that that just find reason to voice their disappointment yeah. or, or or find reason to voice that they upset or that she shouldn't have done it. Yeah, like, uh, I know it, people. Some people. I heard some people saying, "Going like, you know, like pretty much trying to say like, you know." Black folks get there and then we fuck up, you know. And I'm like, no, that was, you know, I I just like like I said, people making a giving an opinion mm-hmm. that they really don't need to have. People are just talking out of turn with their advice, you know. what I'm saying you know, what this woman is going through, so and it's like, you know, it, it's like she she said it her best on her Twitter feed. You know, she's human. You know, what I'm saying all these people come up to her with all this different type of advice. She don't need it. She smoked when she uh, upon learning the loss of her mother. You know, I, I'm more like this too. Obviously, ain't now one of them people broke a world record. Facts. Come on, though. You know, um, just being a person from the uh, the Negro community, um, I can tell you this. Marijuana ain't never motivated nobody to run faster. <laughs> faster. Hell no. Real talk. I mean, Hell real no. talk. I'm just gonna say that. So, um, you know, it like you say, it's probably some coping. She probably went through it one night. It could have been a. It could have been a one-time thing. For all we know, mm-hmm. and she got over it. And, it, and nine times out of ten, it probably is not a thing because she's an athlete and she's a top-notch athlete. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think you know, man, we 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 pass too much judgment on our people sometimes. Without, you know, having a certain understanding. And, you know, if this was a consistent thing, like she was failing multiple, she was failing multiple tests, you know, uh, and this happened multiple times, that would have been a problem, you know. Um, but, um, you know. Hey, I think staying on code is understanding what black people's going through, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, 
I'm not. You say it would be a problem. I, I mean, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. The problem that I'm willing to speak to is the fact that they shouldn't be testing for it and that she should run. Really? Yeah, should. I, I think staying on code means, you know, in the public eye, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Let's make sure we're always speaking in ways that support yeah. each other, you know what I'm saying? And, and don't add on to people's problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what staying on code is about. Yeah. And I don't get why, that, I, I mean, it, it, to me, it's like, where's the loyalty? Exactly, the loyalty. You know, um, it's like, damn, like, if people are ready to pounce, you know what I'm saying, that quick after you make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Come on now. It's on some other shit. Oh, other shit, man. So, uh, let's keep it moving, Aki. Let's keep it moving. And, uh, let, let's actually bring up, bring, uh, that negative shit up and let's get it out the way now you know what I'm saying cause I see it here and uh, this is something recent y'all going around on black twitter you know what I'm saying there's a woman her name is Iman Amar Amar, you know what I'm saying and she's going around uh, uh, putting videos out where she's speaking about her plans for her sons she has it seems like she got multiple sons and I think her oldest might be 11 Mm. and her big thing is because she doesn't want to continue what she see as shit cycles in her life and her community, you know what I'm saying, from her demented brain. She wants to uh, take her 11-year-old son, and when he's 14, take him to get a vasectomy. Kind of going to regret it, but it's a conversation that needs to be started. My son is 11 years old, and when he turns 14, I'm thinking about getting him a vasectomy. Now, to other boy moms, is this something that you guys are thinking about? From, I guess, someone else's point of view, why wouldn't you, though? Is the expectation of grandchildren a thing? Because it's not for me. I don't care if my kids have kids to come into this world and be shit. No, thank you. And sterilize them. And, uh, you know, people respond. I know the listeners like, yo, what the fuck? And let's just keep, but people responded to like, yo, what about the boy's uh, body? It's his choice. And she's like, hey, my son uh, loves and trusts me and and would listen to me on this. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, why she want to do it? She doesn't want to continue shit. I mean, this is her language. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, uh, you know, she really, I mean, you see the bitterness, you know what I'm saying? And you see that her aligning her future, her son's future potential actions in the sexual marketplace with the tri- with the negative experiences that she's had. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's wild right there. Uh, first of all, it don't even make no sense to me. And I and, and I sort of doubt against it going it, it even happening. You wanna know why? You gonna try to get a fourteen year old boy to cut or I should say not cut, but to get surgery worked on his joint at fourteen years old. I mean, you, got, you don't know how she's pitching it to him. You know, I mean, it's not, it's it's not, it's not impeding your ability to have sex. It's just yeah. you know, make it so you don't have children. I I I'll just say that I think even the fear at fourteen years old of having somebody down there. I feel you, but what if you're being raised by a woman that's talking to you about it at 11 already mm, yeah that's a that's a problem right there you know what I'm first of all the logic is just off like I, it's, that seemed like just a hurt person hurting somebody else you, and you ever heard of hurt parents you know what I'm saying yeah. crazy parents that make their children like hypochondriacs yeah. you know what that like you know what that means it yeah. means like where uh, somebody always believes that they're sick even when they're not sick mm-hmm you know what I'm saying? And they stay in the hospital trying to get procedure, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's a mental, physiological condition. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
And uh, you see some of that here, you know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I'm guessing that that could possibly be a similar process that she's instilling to this boy. Yeah, that, that he believes because of his race and gender, his genre, you know, to yeah. use Curry. Oh, uh, you know, uh, his genre is toxic and, and, mm. it's, and it's an illness. And, you know, I mean, to be a hypochondriac in that sense and to seek treatment in the, in the form of a vasectomy. So yeah. you don't continue the illness, the communal illness. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this is the sick shit we're talking about. That's that. That's more than sick. That's deranged. But demented. deranged is sick, and and demented is sick too. Right. <laughs> like real talk. I mean, uh, how do you? You know, what went on in your life that made you want to do that? Did you to, to like sort of like? I think that would even all that yeah, I mean that touch. You know, mess with your sex drive, and, and you know, mess with the ability of you to have sex. But it's going to traumatize that boy. It, it's going to traumatize him, and, and it's, it's. It, I mean, this is what we, this is what we working with right now. You know what I'm saying? Corona got everybody thinking crazy, and of course, the idea that black men is trash. This is how we get there. You oh, know, what we saying? like the, the the idea that black men are somehow privileged because of their gender. Yeah. And somehow different from black women because we're privileged because of our gender. Yeah. And this intersectional, you know, framing. Yes. This is how you get there as a society. Because yeah. intersectionality doesn't have a logical way to address what's going on in our communities. Mm-hmm. Intersectionality, the idea that, uh, you know, uh, we have all these different additive identities. You know, I'm yeah. talking about inter- intersectionality in the mainstream sense. Yeah. Where black plus man equals more privileged than black yeah. plus woman or um, you black know? plus man equals oppressor right you know uh, because you this proximity to white men right yeah. now uh tommy curry's work which we spoke about a lot in this podcast of course uh confronts this uh in a way that we agree with and that's more true honestly yeah uh and we're going to talk about jim sedanus's work which starts as a foundation as yes. kind of this uh confrontation and critique of intersectionality and this idea of a feminist specific double jeopardy in the black community. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, you know, because there's no logical response from intersectionality mm-hmm. to say of police killings in our community, yeah. 99% of police killings being a black men and boys. Yeah. Because intersectionality doesn't have a logical way of approaching that. Yeah. Because I mean, you can't just say black men and boys are oppressed only because of race. Yeah. When those numbers are like that. So we, so what's the result? Mm-hmm. Schizophrenia. <laughs> in on a on a collective sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Schizophrenia. I mean, in a sense, I mean, yeah. uh, like it, I should just I should really step back and say deranged uh illogical reasoning. You know what I'm saying? If you can't apply, patterns. If you can't apply logic because yeah. there's no logical way for intersectionality to read what's going on. Yeah. Then you then you go toward you know black men are trash basically yeah. you know th- then you go toward you know why are black men killed by the police more? Mm-hmm. It's because culturally they're behaving poorly because yeah. they're trash. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the only it gives you, you can- it, it gives you an excuse to you you gives you a way to write off these you know write off the oppression that people give. Mm-hmm. Um, the and woman just seemed angry, deranged. You hear all, all everything you heard. I heard her her the feminist rhetoric. I heard the intersectionality rhetoric in there. Um, and yeah, bro, I can't now I think about it. It was, she looked a little deranged too. Yeah, for sure. Like, no. like, like, 
Like, I think maybe the isolation. But like you could, you could tell there's some hurt there, Aki. There's some psychological. Yeah. War, I mean, we know we're under psychological warfare. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And, what going on there. And uh, yeah, that's what that's what we face with Aki. You know. So let, let's actually, you know, jump ahead a little bit to talk about James or Jim Sedanus. Jim Sedanus. And uh, he is the inventor, uh, one of the inventors of uh, social dominance theory and the subordinate male hypothesis theory, which we use a lot. Yes, and these we see as theoretical instruments that can actually apply a logical frame for understanding the reality as we're actually experiencing it mm -hmm. on the ground in the black working class. Especially as black males. Right. So uh, I, just at, in a general sense, uh, James Sedanus' social dominance theory and subordinate male hypothesis theory see um, uh, a patriarchal colonial order you know what I'm saying, as, mm. as, as we see in our society, as targeting the subordinate males of these groups they're in conflict with yes. for heightened levels of violence. And, you know, it, it actually reads, you know, racist type of violence as an intergroup conflict that is mainly male on male. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, if you look at police killings, you know, this is a, certainly a theoretical framework which can help us understand why our, why the majority of white male cops in a white patriarchal institution is killing specifically uh, almost black. black males. Yes. You know, just so, uh, it, just to keep it short, you know, mm -hmm. this is why, you know, this theory is so important. Of course, it supports and undergirds Tommy Curry's work. Uh, Tia San Johnson is the brother that we just seen uh, do a video on James Sedanus yeah. and, you know, kind of prompt some of this video. So shout out Tia San Johnson. Yeah. And, um... So yeah, you know, uh, you know, I just, you know, really, we want to take this moment to shout out James, Dr. James Sedanus. He passed, I believe, last week. Yes. And uh, you know, just honor him. He was a professor at UCLA and Harvard. I didn't even know the man was still living. Yeah. You know, <laughs> still doing his thing. Yeah, he was still doing his thing. You find out he's still he was still around, and, and then he gone. You mm -hmm. know, but um, definitely um. Especially in a lot of the conflicts we didn't had, I keep with different peoples and stuff. Um, it's funny that it seems like people ain't even really prepared when we start using that information. Not at all, because it's so contrary to what's so mainstream and accepted. Well, you know it's what I'm like saying? it's contrary, and they don't hear. And you gotta think what they are, what they have bought into. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If the white institutions that are supporting them, writing their paychecks putting together their conferences, signing their, intersectionality signing their book deals are bought into intersectionality because yeah. of how it misreads the their number one target, yeah. which is black men. Yeah. You know, think about how much ideological, philosophical underpinnings that has and it influences us in seen and unseen ways. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we have had a lot of conflict. Even we're, we're talking about mainly with black people. We're not yeah, even talking yeah, about, yeah, you know, yeah, me and I keep, we, this is something uh, me and I keep most of our conflict with other black folk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, of course, that's where our work starts at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to take none of the white folk until, you know what I'm saying? Our people can even, our people got to be able to understand it first. But, I mean, it's real. It's an in-group thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where the struggle is at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, in a lot of ways, you know, if, if, if that's where, you know, if you really bout it. I mean, I... I, I beat the liberals in our community. Yeah, and see, with us, I think it applies a lot to us. But then I think just if we look over the scope of history, you can see that conflicts normally was an in-group thing. Mm -hmm. um, it patterned... It, like, our situation patterned groups before us, mm -hmm. you know, of course, the groups, I don't think they had the concept of racism on it. Mm -hmm. 
you know what I'm saying they didn't have that concept it was just conquering and the conquering but um it explains a lot even in our own communities with some of the violence that the inner violence inner communal violence you know it explains a lot um we have to start using it more to explain using it I would probably say as a tool you know I, I think we got an easy way to, of using it this week right with mm-hmm. the now we can move into the next topic our gotcha. transition game was crazy this week yeah yeah, yeah we moving, we moving. Uh, so Rachel Nichols in ESPN right yeah. um you know wh- how is this connected because social dominance theory critiques the idea from intersectionality that race gender and class all these things are just interchangeable yeah right no they they act in very distinct uh, and contextual ways, mm-hmm. you know. So when Rachel Nichols, you know, what I'm saying, hears about her black female coworker Maria Taylor getting uh, opportunities in their job, you know, what I'm saying yeah. to host uh, the NBA Finals, you know, uh, she opposed it, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, and claimed that hater. ES- that yeah, hater, mm-hmm. and claimed that ESPN was only helping out Maria Taylor or putting Maria Taylor in this position because of their crappy diversity. Uh, efforts, yeah, and then Rachel Nichols says, which you know, on the other side, I'm completely uh, aware of and part of as a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And this is showing that interchangeability yeah. of woman with anti-black racism. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, that the idea that a white woman can be a minority in mm-hmm. any way comparable, yeah, to uh, what black people experience and black women experience. Yeah, this is something that intersectionality leads towards in the mainstream. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I've always seen it as an idea of leaning more towards feminists. But you, you can go even further. You know, um, it think you think about things like civil rights bill and how language was changed up in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good that's point. sort of like a foundational step back in the day coming back down. They mm-hmm. changed the framework in there. So same way, a lot of things that were supposed to go to black men and women went mm-hmm. to white women. What? Look, the most popular. YouTube video on intersectionality is probably Kimberly Crenshaw's TED Talk on intersectionality Yeah, that she gave probably six or seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason that Rachel Nichols can say that bullshit about herself being a minority and comparing herself to black people and anti-black racism mm-hmm. is because on that stage, Kimberly Crenshaw, a black woman professor that invented intersectionality, mm-hmm. said that white women and black men are faced with the same conundrum yeah right where white women are oppressed because of gender only only one yeah. and black men are oppressed only because of race only one identity yeah and this is where you get where black women are oppressed by two mm-hmm. race and gender mm-hmm. so i mean kimberly crenshaw allowing this idea that black men and white women are comparable yeah. This is what allows Rachel Nichols to interchange like this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? These these concepts and and and, and leverage for her own uh, career, this idea of uh, being a minority. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of this shit, uh, a lot of feminism, a lot of intersectionality, a lot of that shit is just a job fair. And, and be, it's just a and, job and fair. And be real, though, I sort of hold us as accountable. And the reason why is because, you know, we... I mean, yeah, we allow this shit to happen. Mm. But I would say, well, I would say people who profess to be feminists and intersectionalists, specifically black, Mm -hmm. you know, um, generally it's held by black women, but you got some men who believe in it too. And 
when they see open, it doesn't, they can't check them. To be honest with you, because the, I think it's sort of flawed. So you can't even really check them. I mean, you can't check them because... If you're using that. Because it, it's a religion. It's, yeah. it's taking on re- religious type qualities now. Mm-hmm. Where it, it, it's being, intersectionality is being seen and perceived by some of these middle class bougie niggas. Yeah. As, uh, as, uh, like, like as the the progressive point, it, not yeah. just progressive, evolutionary. Yeah. Like, like we have evolved into society finally where we're intersectional. That's how some of these crazy ass motherfuckers is treating it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we have finally evolved socially to be intersectionals, and everybody that's not evolved like that is regressive. Yeah. And we're gonna keep you at an arm's length. Mm-hmm. Not even organized with you. That's why you see BLM. Yeah. Why they failed so much in getting into the black community? Because they, they didn't want to organize with people that were, that were not intersectional mm-hmm. thinkers already. Yeah. Now, now, what type of crazy ass stance is that to take with our people? You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's taking on the you, you're going into the community with the eyes and the and the ears and the lens of our oppressor. Yeah. When you do it like that, exactly. now you you might not know you're doing it. But it's like intersectionality, you know what I'm saying? If, if it can hold these ideas, you know, it, 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 it can't hold, you know, so-called revolutionary ideas and the idea that black men and white women are comparable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not be useless. Yeah. It's useless for that. I mean, it, 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 to get it, into our communities and do something and organize with. <clears throat> I mean, it wasn't never going it, it, it couldn't work just on the principle that it is somebody else's thinking. Uh, I mean, let's just be real. You know, you don't really... The average person on the street don't know this shit. And my last point on this, all the good work that was done in BLM's name was done in spite of intersectionality. There you go. You know? Period. I mean, like, that's not... The the details and the inner workings of intersectionality ain't something that the average brother and sister on the street run across. People go to these universities and they get in certain classes where they get literally indoctrinated. You know, and it may have gotten even to the point where this it, this indoctrination may have even seeped into the black studies and the Afrocentric studies and things of that such nature. So it's like, yeah, they bringing foreign stuff in there, and we already know revolutionary uh, theories and 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 thinking has to come from the people, right? Right, you know? it has to resonate with the people. That's your measure yeah. of success. Yeah, if it don't resonate with them, it ain't working. And so, even in our daily realities, we see the falsities in intersection. Just how we live. So, I can you've seen it when and organizations that we're part of. Yeah, national organizations that we're part of. When we try to take black male studies, social mm-hmm. dominance theory, subordinate male hypothesis theory. Yeah, and say let's integrate these things into our practice on the ground. Mm-hmm. You see the crying, the tears, the snotty tears, people saying all this crazy stuff <laughs> yeah. about oh yeah, y'all trying did. to t- y'all trying to take us back to the dark ages where black women didn't have a voice. Yeah. All this crazy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's a reaction, it's an emotional reaction. And they what they're really fearful of of is being I, I guess from their point of view not being centered in this very yeah. liberal white way. But what is centering? Centering is something you use to try to get white sympathy and funding there in your you in your grant writings and you trying to write your your book deal, you trying to write your conference report. Because at the end of the day, the white the year or the powers that be don't have a problem with centering. Because centering means I can go and deal with you. I don't gotta deal with the rest. Talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I can go and mess with you as a group, but I ain't got to go mess with the rest of them. Talk about you it. You come to them all as a group, as a family, as a community. Then you're going to see if they're going to really answer you. 
And we seen actually, we sort of seen that in these last elections. You know what I'm saying? And they turned around and looked at the black community is like, well, this, this, this is what you're going to get. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is what you're going to get. So, um, you know, it, it got to be something that can resonate with us. And um, in that argument right there, you know, it, it, it just seems more like another situation of a hater. Um, and especially in the certain uh, the, the, the environment that we got going on right now just in the country of uh, coming out of the Me Too and various different things that was going on you know everybody trying to get, get a piece of that diversity bag mm-hmm. everybody's trying to chase a piece of that diversity bag you just got a a, a, a white woman trying to chase her bag mm-hmm. you know yeah. It, I mean, the sister didn't put in her work. She didn't put in her time. She sort of got better qualifications. So, you know, until you and she looked better. Hmm. I'm just gonna keep it real. You know, uh, sister, and she look she looked nice. Facts, brother. Yeah, it almost goes without saying, but yeah. since you said it, facts, brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just to keep it moving, though, our key. You know, what I'm saying. Uh, I feel like we covered all those topics pretty well, but let's um. Let's kind of, you know, introduce this topic. This is something that I know that we're going to be talking about for probably a few episodes, uh, Pan-Africanism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I know we're we're switching pretty starkly, but I feel like this is, you know, a good place to maybe introduce what how we want to approach this because uh, you're right. You said it earlier, Aki. Mm-hmm. One of the big conversations in our community is around Pan-Africanism, is, about, is around our origins. Yeah. Uh, as a people here yeah. on this continent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And also the solidarity and the political commitments that we should have yeah. uh, with others or yeah. to the, the or to the even this very nation state. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh so I mean, go go ahead go, go ahead and take it from there, Aki, as far as you know what you wanted to tackle when it comes to Pan Africanism. I mean, um it was more of a conversation with, you know, Pan Africanism and the current ADOS movement. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of back and forth on social media between them. Um, a lot of questions that has been asked about Pan-Africanism. Um, it seems to be people are now don't know what Pan-Africanism is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people have questions about it now, especially when coming out of the Wakanda moment that we just had, you know, about a year and a half ago, Black Panther and all of those different things. And... Um, you know, we're seeing questions pop up on every level. You know, uh, Pan-Africanism has never c- uh, contributed anything to, you know, the black American struggle. Um, you know, uh, pan uh, there is no Pan-African nation. Um, you're really seeing that they don't even understand the political ideas and concepts of Pan-Africanism. And don't get me wrong, a lot of that means that Pan-Africanism has to make his argument a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it has to get more, you know, as as they like to say, they want tangibles. So, you know, we do have to get more tangibles. And that's just as being a Pan-Africanist, looking at what we should have achieved, and but also what we have achieved by right. now. So, and what do you mean by, ta- and, uh, by tangibles? What you mean, I'm thinking, is the fact that there are 80 U.S. people, and that means uh, American descendants of slavery. Yeah. Uh, and these people are, of course, black people are people that are politically identifying themselves, uh, 
with the history of this country primarily yeah. as descendants of slaves, and this is uh, in preparation for a move toward reparations yes. that ADUS is very involved in. Mm-hmm. So the ADUS critique of Pan-Africanism, mm-hmm. saying, where are your tangibles? Meaning the political relationships associated with Pan-Africanism, meaning the relationship between African-Americans mm-hmm. and uh different immigrant groups of the diaspora yeah. either coming to this country or different African nations around the diaspora on the continent. Mm-hmm. What are the tangibles associated with those relationships? Yeah. You know, and uh, I think you're right as far as Pan-Africanism does have to do things in terms of presentation and actual work and institution building where you can display modern success. And, you know, just, uh, you know, after kind of framing the problem a little bit more, I'm thinking about some of the strongest tangibles that we could think about, we can go before Malcolm X. Yeah. We can go after Malcolm X. Yeah. But with Malcolm X, mm-hmm. you know, the tangibles of, uh, you know, of course, would be the support that he garnered mm-hmm. around the world for the condition of African-Americans. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In the Middle East and on the African continent and the people mm-hmm. that he spoke to. You know, so the building of political solidarity which does have some worth and some value on the international market in his preparation to take our condition before the United Nations yeah. with the support of the diaspora, which he you know, worked mm-hmm. tirelessly to foster. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Could have led to an international movement for reparations and, and see, reconciliation. See, that's what, that's where the ADOS would come in. Because mm-hmm. the ADOS would say, well, okay, yeah, he tried to do that and it failed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, but isn't that so cynical and short-sighted, though? I mean, did I mean exactly? He was assassinated. Yeah, and it's our job as revolutionaries to pick up the work if we feel it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody failed, does that mean the ideas failed? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And 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 and, and that's the thing. They don't. They seem to forget that that Pan Africanism began as an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, um. And not, a, it, not as a guarantee. Yeah, not as a guarantee. Not, not as a business deal. Yeah. Not as a reparations package yeah. or something like that. All and, and it's crazy because you know, even before Malcolm, right? Because he ADOS loves to stay in the history that they have here in North America. I'm cool with that. You know, I'm cool. I, I definitely believe in learning your history here and what we contributed. But let's just be real. If we're gonna still talk like that. Pan-Africanism was all in the foundations of our early struggle here in the United States. Pan-Africanism and black nationalism have a strong relationship. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when it really comes down to it, like, a good bit of our early freedom fighters who were, who were ones, some were runaway slaves who ran away and got free and continued to fight, and they became Pan-Africanists. They, that was their thinking then, you know, and then we had others who were just born free and was like, yo, we need to go make connections with those people because those people are our people. And they knew because these people, are, you got to think, in the early years, those people were one or two generations out. You know, some of those people, grandmother or mother came from the continent, mm-hmm. you know, was brought here as a slave. And, you know, some of these people were actually from the continent. And so it was something that we fostered in. It's a foundation of our community, I think, you know, in America, the building and the foundation of our nation. I think it's always, you know, been there. Um, People from, you know, Manly P. Hall, um, Martin Delaney, all of these people are foundational, what they call foundational black Americans, ADOS, whatever they want to call them. All of these people are us. 
And these were Pan-Africanists, you know. And we go all the way down to Malcolm and after Malcolm. So we've been here from since day one. I like what you said, Aki. I mean, it's us, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I don't like all the lines being drawn between, you know, I, I see a lot of people in the New African movement that mm. we're part of. Yeah, chastise and reject AUS people. Yeah, from the movement. From, mm-hmm. from and it, it, and it's almost and we talked about this earlier with yeah. black, with intersectionality. It's almost like we see those that don't think like like us as less evolved. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you can't come around us and taint us because we're more evolved. We don't want to be tainted by our previous version. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the old model, huh? Right, and it's it, it, like like it would infect you if it came around you if you try yeah. to form a relationship. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean by you know what I'm saying. This is delusion. You know what I'm saying? This is falling into a weird place. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Where because because uh, I, 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 I I agree, it's us, and we 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 can't be using all these divisive lines. And you know what I'm saying? Of people that are politically active and involved, uh, you know, they, they gotta be better ways to make inroads than insults and name calling yeah. and uh i'm always disappointed when i see that yeah i mean I, i've been witnessing a lot of it uh, recently on clubhouse and um it's like you know it's, it's like you know okay if you if if you if you're trying to build and foster a relationship right you got to come with honesty mm-hmm. um you can't be dramatic. And real quick point: we're talking about ADOS. Yeah. Uh, previously, we this episode we were, but not even all ADOS people we know think in such narrow terms. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. And and and, and that's the thing. Um, one thing I will say about ADOS: they don't deny that they are people of African descent. Mm-hmm. They know that we came um, some. So um, we have to admit there's a growing tide of people that that deny African origins. Oh yeah, indigenous, yeah, 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 You know what I'm we, saying? That's, that's a whole nother show. That's, a, that's another. That's show, a whole nother show right there. But AWS, from what I know, and uh, whoever uh, foundation or whatever they call themselves now, they do acknowledge that they're people of African descent. They're questioning our political ideology. Um, they too. That that shows me that they don't understand our political ideology. Um, as a Pan Africanist, that is a global ideology. That is like an international ideology. It was made to bring all people of African descent into a, a body and a family. And um, they don't all believe same politically. Mm-hmm. You know, we got Pan-Africanists as socialists and Pan-Africanists as capitalists. Right. You know, um, but they all agree on working together for what's best for the people of African descent, where we can and if we can. But that does not erase what you got going on in your everyday nation state or whatever you living in you know you your your daily work is primary and i think that's one of the accusations that ados have always tried to put on pan-africanists or have put on pan-africanists when i'm thinking as a pan-africanist that ain't true most pan-africanists i know in the united states work to fix stuff that's going on here right you know what i'm saying they in the hoods they doing their work yeah, and, yeah. yeah, see, and that name calling and just, oh, we see somebody with this name, they must think this way. Yeah. Because the person I dislike most that uses that name thinks that way, and I'm going to collapse everybody into yeah. thinking that way if yeah. they use that name. Yeah. It, it's, that, that, that is a strategy of our oppressor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's call them all black identity extremists, put them all in a box. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're we thinking like that. 
Yeah. You and then, to, you know, let, let's think about all ADOS like this and put them all in a box. And then, too, I think it comes from, too, that even though Pan-African has put um, reparations on our list and high on our list, it's not the primary thing for us. Mm-hmm. We're more concerned with building independent institutions right. from the system. Um, ADOS holds the argument that the primary struggle for us is reparations. Mm-hmm. And without it, we will fail. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not an argument that I can accept. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that I can accept. Um, because the reality is, is this. If you get reparations in this ideal form and manner, and then you're still uh, using the, the, the apparatuses of the system to live and to function and to organize. Failure. Yeah, it's going to be a failure. You're going to give it right back to them. Right back to them. So... You know, we still have to have that certain form of independence amongst ourselves, mm. you know. And I think that's really the main thing, you know. They identify with America, um, and that's their primary identity. It's not like they're saying they're African-American, black America. They identify as American, mm-hmm. rocking the American flag and all that. You was made slaves under the American flag that- and coded into the law as slaves under the American flag. What's the first symbol you think of when you think about ADOS? American flag. The American flag. And that's a problem. And that, that is yeah. a major critique I have as well. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I think identifying with that is detrimental and leads, you know, <laughs> to, 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 to uh, well, abandon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. go, go ahead. I, you gotta I was just going to... Let, let's do finishing points. Yeah. It's just funny that, like, you know, they use that flag. And it's funny when you look at the history of it, right? We have black folks who fought on the side of... Uh, and we coming, we we just coming out of quote unquote uh, Independence Day, United States Independence Day. Mm-hmm. And, it's July fifth. Yeah, and we had folks who fought on the side of the um, the rebellion, mm-hmm. right? The the rebellion that ended up being, or the the folks who ended up being the United States government. We had people who fought on the side of the British too. We were just trying to get free. Both of them was making promises to friends, right? And we were like, okay. I'm going to go do this. For the American Revolution, more of us fought on the side of the British. Yeah. Gerald Horn explores that in his book, uh, The Counter-Revolution of 1776. Mm -hmm. Why is it a counter-revolution? Because the colonists of North America decided we don't like the anti-slavery pushes going on overseas in Britain and in the rest of the world. We Mm -hmm. want to continue slavery here, and we want to expand uh, into Indian territory. Yeah. That's why the American Revolution was fought. And it's really a counter-revolution against a rising tide of anti-slavery. Yeah, rising tide of anti-slavery, the rise of them wanting to keep slavery. And, and then, you know, they just started doing what they do. They started breeding slaves. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they... And it, 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 just as a final note on Gerald Horn's work, if you haven't heard about him, it's also in this moment mm-hmm. of these... Uh, European colonists from all these different European countries in this world I mean in, in, on this continent that we live in North America mm-hmm. for a generation or two and then deciding amongst themselves you know what I'm saying you know what if we're white this will unite us in a way that tramples over our different European origins Yeah, and this will allow us in this new world to coalesce and confront that and we're on the side of the new world where all the wealth is coming from you know what i'm saying where all the sugar all the cotton is coming yeah. from and so th- this is where whiteness is created and it's funny because see whiteness was europeans 
Pan-Africanism Oh yeah Worked well Pan-Europeanism Yeah <laughs> And the elite Imperialist sphere You know yeah. what I'm saying it, it, was, it, it was It was That worked well To the point of that Even though A small majority Of uh, The The the, the, ma- uh, the small majority Of people Had the wealth And the power The 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 uh, A small minority But the vast majority Of the people Were struggling Living in poverty The belief Made them loyal to the ideology You know We're a funny system Really funny system But y'all we You know we gotta go ahead And skate up out of here though. Yep We gonna yeah. skate y'all uh, Shout out to uh, Everybody at Push Soul Shout out to everybody You know what I'm saying Listening with fire this time You know You know what I'm saying And, and thank you for listening And we're gonna be back Next week Yep. We're recording on Mondays from here on out. Hopefully mm-hmm. uh, throughout the summer we can get started with some live streaming on Mondays. Yeah. But we got to see that support. So if you made it this far, you listened to a whole episode, we really hope you can also find time to share the episode, show some real love and support. Most definitely. Yeah. So with that, Most y'all, definitely. free to land. Free to land. Peace. Peace.